Thank you for joining our podcast from New Life Church Greenbrier. If you're joining us for the first time, we would love to know about it. Just text Greenbrier to 88000 and fill out one of our Connect cards. Now, let's listen in to today's message. Hey, thank you guys for being here. 2002. 2002 was a really good year because that's the year I married my wife. But that's not what I'm talking about. Yeah, last service I said 2002 was the year my son was born. I blew that one. He was born in 03. We got married in 02. 2002, though I'm not referring to a year. 2002 is how many days it has been since we opened the doors to this building for the very first time. 2002. God's done a lot over the last 2,002 days here, hasn't he? 592, give or take, is how many services we've had in this room. Almost 600 services right here in this room. There have been a lot of lives impacted in almost 600 services. You know, last weekend, I asked you guys to look at that service as if you were sitting in my living room on my couch. I called some family time. Anybody ever called a family meeting before? I kind of called a family meeting. (laughs) Pointed at her. Melanie does. I called a family meeting last weekend. And we discussed what our core values are as a church. It's important if you are going to raise your family in this building under our care that you know what our core values are that you know that we're doctrinally pure, that you understand what we stand for, that we, you, you know what our essential beliefs are, that you know the difference between an essential and a non-essential belief. Well, can I be just perfectly transparent with you for a second? Um, I've been praying really hard about how to come out this morning and give you an uplifting message, um, tell a few dad jokes, and then let you leave. But I can't do that today. And I'm going to tell you why I can't do that. We lost a member of our family yesterday. And when you lose a member of your family, the whole family hurts. And I'm referring to our church family. Um... Many of you know, if you have been a part of this community for any amount of time, you know little Ashley has been battling cancer for a couple of years. And yesterday, she took her her last breath here on this earth. But the next breath she took was in the presence of the Lord. And if I'm just being honest, I'm hurting. And I know that there are a lot of people in this room that are hurting as well. But I also know that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. I know too from his word that we as the body of Christ, we don't mourn the same as the world does. You see, I don't mourn because Ashley's not with us, though I'm going to miss her smiling face. I still see where she was sitting the last time she was in this room. But I mourn for the family's loss and the hurt and the pain that they deal with. 
And it is such a reminder to me of the importance of family. You know, we have more life groups right now than we've ever had as a campus. We actually have more people connected to life groups right now than we've ever had as a campus. In 2002 days of being a campus in this building, longer than that where we started at the Dollar General store. We have a lot of people connected to life groups. We had our 65th water baptism just a few minutes ago at the end of the first service. 65 water baptisms since January the 1st. That's more water baptisms than we've had in a year's time frame ever. And it leads me to today's message. We have more people coming to church than we've ever had at this campus. But can I be honest with you? It doesn't matter how many people we have coming into this building. What matters is how many people we have coming to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. That's my heart for you. Today, we're going to talk about how we go from being a crowd to being the church. You see, the Word of God tells us that the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. We know that. But it can against the crowd. And we have to be very careful that we're not just drawing a crowd to a room because we have the perfect light set up, because we have really talented singers. No, we have to make sure that we're growing as the body of Christ in a covenant with one another. Today, that's what we're going to talk about. Today, that's what I'm going to teach about. Today is going to be a little bit different. Today, I'm just going to open up the Word and teach you. I may stay on point and I may not. But I feel that it's very important right now that we understand as the body of Christ what a covenant is and what a covenant is not. The first of all, a covenant is not based upon feelings. I feel good. It makes me happy. So I'm going to be a part of that. It is not my job as your pastor to make you happy. My job as your pastor is to teach you the truth and what the Word of God says and to equip you and prepare you to do what it is that God's called you to do outside of these doors, not just inside this room. That's what God's called me to do. That's what he's challenged me to do. But we have people here this morning that are visiting for the very first time. I know that. Um, I've met some of you. And we have some that have been here for years. Some that have been here for as long as us. Shelly and I have been a part of New Life Church for 21 years. We haven't been pastors for 21 years, but we've been a member of this church for 21 years. We're a member here. We were a member here long before we become a pastor here. And I'm very passionate about this. Because I believe it's very important. And I want to tell you why it's important. is because when you take your last breath on this earth, the only thing that matters is where you take your next one. And the only way that you spend eternity in heaven is if you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and you know him as your Lord and Savior and that you understand that he died on the cross for your sins just like he did for mine. He was buried and he rose again three days later. And that freedom is available to you, but there is a cost to it. Everybody says it's free. No, there is a cost to it, and the only cost is a decision. It's a decision that you have to make. But then there's another decision that goes beyond that. 
The next decision beyond that is going public with that decision with water baptism. But as we become the body of Christ, as we begin to grow, we can't do it by just being attendees of a building on Sunday. There's a picture I want to show you really quick. Can we put that up? Hi. This is the Arkansas River. But this is the Arkansas River in Colorado where it begins. Now, let me explain something to you. You could walk across the Arkansas River right here. You may get your feet wet. There are times of the year, depending upon the drought, depending upon the season, and depending upon how much the farmers are pulling out of that river to put on their crops, that it dries up in different places. But by the time that it reaches Arkansas, it is a force that can't be reckoned with. When I was a young man growing up, I spent a lot of time on this river in central Arkansas. Um, my father and I spent many early mornings duck hunting on the Arkansas River. And something that he taught me at a very early age, before we would get in the boat, every time he'd say, son, listen to me. You better respect this river because it has a lot of force and it has a lot of momentum. And if something happens, I can't stop it. Nobody can. So you better respect it. This reminds me of the importance of us being a church that is in covenant with one another. And that's doing what God calls us to do. Because I'm going to tell you what. You may, you may dam up the Arkansas River in Colorado. But you're going to, it's going to be hard for you to stop the flow and the momentum of the Arkansas River by the time it gets here. And the reason being is because of the contributaries that are pouring into it. And I feel very strongly at this time that the world is doing everything in its power to try to shut down, stomp out, close, shut off the Word of God in our schools, in our homes, on television, at sports events. They're doing everything to stop it. But the way that we come against that is we as contributaries, we as the body of Christ, we begin to come together, we grow in our relationship with the Lord, and we understand what it means to be a Christ follower and not an attendee of a really cool building. That's what I want to talk about today. I am passionate about this. And the reason being is because I have conviction around this. And as your pastor, there will be a day that I stand before the Lord and I have to give an account for every person that I've taught the Word of God to. And I want to see every one of you again one day. But the thing that you need to understand is a covenant relationship. When we come in a covenant relationship with one another, things change. But you have to understand, a covenant is not based upon feelings. It's not about how you feel. No, a covenant is a relationship. A covenant commits itself to love and protect, even when you don't agree. When you're in a covenant relationship with one another... We honor publicly. We honor each other publicly. I shared with you guys last weekend that I'm going to start calling you out on Facebook when I see you bashing each other. I'm just going to write covenant in the comment section. I don't get on social media very often, 
but I'm just going to write covenant. And then all everybody else is going to be going, oh, Pastor Tim calling you out. <laughs> In a covenant relationship, we cover weakness, not sin, and we emphasize strengths. And in a covenant relationship, we approach problems privately and directly. Directly. I'm going to teach you this morning through a passage of Scripture. And this service is going to be a little bit different. But I want to walk through a passage of Scripture, and I just want to teach you someone that understood the importance and the magnitude of a covenant. And what a covenant is. And the relationship and the importance of it. Today, I want to teach you about King Asa. There's so many passages of Scripture. There's so many different areas that I could have pulled from. You see, we can go back to Adam and Eve for the first covenant. Noah. Moses. David. The Davidic covenant. But the new covenant that we received with Jesus. But today, I want to take you to 2 Chronicles 15. And I want to say this too. My wife touched on it a few minutes ago. Bring your Bible to church. Bring your Bible to church. And I'm going to say this too. If you don't have one, if you don't have a Bible at home, we've put some on the back. Now, I'm not saying if you forgot it today, but if you do not have a physical Bible, I've put every Bible that I had in my office right back there on the counter. I want you to get one. And if that's not enough, we'll get some more. But I believe it's important that we as the body of Christ, as we move forward, that we get into God's word for direction. Amen? Are you guys with me? If you've got your Bibles, turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 15. I'm going to touch on, I'm going to start in chapter 14 and give you a little context. But then we're going to pick up in 15. If you're there, say, I'm there. You guys may notice that I'm wearing my glasses this morning. I don't know how y'all do this. Because when I look out, I can't see you. But when I look here, I can't see this. It's called getting old. There's a couple of things. Yeah, you're right there with me. Let me there's a couple of things that you need to understand about this passage of Scripture that leads up to why I'm teaching on it. First of all, King Asa that we know, he was the great, great grandson of King David. And King Asa had done a lot of great things. As a matter of fact, in chapter 14, it says, Asa did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord. That's Second Chronicles 14, verse 2. And Asa had had a lot of success. As a matter of fact, Asa had some momentum at this point. Asa had just defeated an army that was twice his size. They had just recovered tons of plunder. In the eyes of the world... Everybody would say that Asa was successful. I mean, that's a word we throw around, isn't it, Owen? I mean, we, we talk about being successful. And in, in, the, in the eyes of the world, that would, you would say that Asa was successful in his mission and what he was called to do and what he was doing. But there's something that I noticed this morning that's very important. It says, Asa did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord. And then if you skip down a little bit, it said, for the Lord gave him rest. That was in verse 6. Now, this is important, too. Now, I'm not saying that if you're in a place in your life where you're, you're 
having experiencing some storms that you're not doing what's right in the eyes of the Lord. That's not what I'm saying at all. But what I am saying is if you find yourself in a place where there's no peace and there's no rest, I would ask you, are you looking for that peace and that rest for the next vacation, for the next day off, the next weekend, the next accomplishment? Or are you going to the Lord for rest? This is where it challenged me this morning. But then if you go over to chapter 15, we'll pick up in verse 1. It says, The Spirit of God came on Azariah, son of Oded. He went out to meet Asa and said to him, Listen to me. Listen to me. Underline that in your Bible if you have it with you. Listen to me. Asa and all Judah and Benjamin, the Lord is with you when you are with him. Now, how many times have we found ourselves in a place that we're going through difficulties or a storm or, or something that we're facing, and then we cry out, God, where are you? Lord, I need you. Were you crying out to the Lord before the storm, or were you crying out to the Lord because of the storm? Because I'm going to tell you what, I'm not saying that I'm not going to give the enemy too much credit here. Because sometimes the Lord will get your attention. And we don't like to talk about that very often. But it says, the Lord is with you when you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. For a long time, Israel was without the true God, without a priest to teach and without the law. But in their distress, everybody say distress. But in their distress, they turned to the Lord. God is going to get your attention because at the end of the day, the only thing that really matters and the only thing that is important is not your happiness, but it's about your relationship with him. That's what really matters. That's what's really important. The God of Israel, and they sought him and he was found by them. The other thing that I want you to understand here is when you seek the Lord, you will find him. But you're going to have to take time to seek God. And it goes beyond just Sunday morning at 9 and 1030. Somebody say amen. amen. Preaching's not that good. In those days, it was not safe to travel about for all the inhabitants of the lands were in great turmoil. One nation was being crushed by another and one city by another because God was troubling them with every kind of distress. But as for you, be strong. Everybody say be strong. Be strong and do not give up. For your work will be rewarded. When Asa heard these words and the prophecy of Azariah, son of Oded, the prophet, he took courage. Underline, he took courage. This is important. The first thing that Asa had to do was he had to take courage. And some of you sitting here may say, well, give me an example of how I can implement that today. What do you mean by take courage today? Let me give you an example. Let's just, let's just take a marriage for a moment. Let's just say a husband in the marriage hasn't been necessarily being the spiritual leader that he has been called to be. Let's just say that he hasn't been making the decisions the way that he should. Or let's just say that he hasn't been communicating with his spouse the way that he should, honoring her as the daughter of the Most High King, God. She's a daughter of God. It takes courage for a man to step up and say, you know what? I haven't been the husband that I should have been. I'm beginning to take you for granted. I should honor you. I'm sorry. It takes courage to do that, doesn't it? 
Ladies, I'm not letting you off the hook just because you went to Woman yesterday. That was a delayed laugh, Corey. <laughs> it may be courage for you. Being used to leading the room. Being used to being in charge. Being used to calling all the shots. It may take courage for you to take a step back and allow your husband to lead as the spiritual leader in your home like God has called him to and honor him the way that God's called you to. That takes courage. It takes courage. It's the first thing that Asa did. Do you notice that Asa didn't just start making excuses? I love this. You ever been around someone that as soon as, as soon as they're challenged or as soon as they're corrected, the first thing they do is start making excuses of why they couldn't, why they shouldn't, why they hadn't, why they wouldn't, why they could have, why somebody else should have done it? Asa didn't do that. Asa took courage. I think we could learn something from that. You guys agree? Are y'all with me today? Okay. He took courage. The next thing he did is he removed the detestable idols from the whole land of Judah and Benjamin and from the towns he had captured in the hills of Ephraim. Listen to me. He removed the idols. This is your next point. You should write that down. What does it mean to remove the idol? What is an idol? You may say, well, I don't have a golden calf in the foyer of my living room that I pet on the head every day that I walk in. No. But do you have a bass boat that takes you away from church three out of four weekends a month? An idol is anything that you put before the Lord. Anything that you put before the Lord can become an idol. Boy, y'all got quiet awful quick. I know who's got the bass boats in here. I know I'm calling to go fishing. He repaired the altar of the Lord. Now, this is something else I want you to get. There's so much meat in this passage of Scripture. He repaired the altar of the Lord not because someone had tore the altar down. This is important to get. He had to repair the altar because it had been neglected. Not because it had been torn down by the other army. It had just been neglected. What about you? Have you neglected your time with God? Now, we've all been guilty of this at some point in time. You see, today's message is not about condemnation. I'm not trying to make you walk out of here feeling bad about yourself. Today's message is about conviction from the Lord that says, okay, listen, we need to become more than just an attendee. We need to get serious about our relationship. Maybe there's some corrections that we need to make, and we can learn these corrections from God's Word, not from the world. Is that okay with y'all? Then he assembled all Judah and Benjamin and the people from Ephraim, Manasseh, and Simeon, who had settled among them for large numbers. Everybody say large numbers. Large numbers had come over to him from Israel when they saw that the Lord his God was with him. There was a crowd. There was a crowd that was forming. You see, what happens is when, when God begins to move... It's very easy for a crowd to show up. And what did I say a little bit earlier in the message? My desire is not for a bunch of people to just come to church. The heart and the calling of what God's called us to do is to be the church. 
It's not important about the numbers that come through the door. It's important about the numbers that go through heaven. It's important about the numbers of people that are growing in their relationship with God. They assembled at Jerusalem in the third month of the 15th year of Asa's reign. At that time, they sacrificed to the Lord 700 head of cattle and 7,000 sheep and goats from the plunder they had brought back. They entered into, everybody say, a covenant to seek the Lord, the God of their ancestors, with all their heart and soul. There's two things that I want to hit right here real quickly. The first thing that you see is that they gathered together. They gathered. It's important that we come together as the body of Christ and that we grow together. I know that you get busy. I understand that life happens. But it's important that we're coming together and that we're growing together. This is the reason that we, this is the reason that we talk about life groups so much. My heart for you in, in the heart of our pastor is that Every person in this church is connected to a life group and to a serve group. Because listen to me, storms are going to come. And if you're not careful, you'll start building a foundation based upon sand and the ways of this world and the things that as soon as the wind comes and the rain comes, it's going to crumble, whatever it is that you've built. But if you build it upon a firm foundation, a solid foundation, the rock, the word of God, it can withstand the storms that life throws at us. How many of you have ever been through a storm? Well, the rest of you, get ready. Because at some point in your life, you're going to walk through one. But it's important that we build the foundation. And we don't build the foundation by just coming and attending church every now and then. I don't want you attending this church. You're like, what? No. Yeah, if you're visiting from another town, that's great. I want, you to get some, I want you to get some of the word and, and carry it back to wherever your home is. But what I'm talking about is the people that, that come here on a regular basis. This is the place that they come to church. No, I want this to be a place that is your church. I want you to take ownership here. I want you to cover your arms around people when they hurt, when they go through difficult seasons. That's the church. You, you see... The reason this is so important, and you, you need to take note of this, is King Asa did not start taking these steps. He didn't take courage just one day because it was a great idea. Do you know why he took care, courage? It's because he had someone in his life, a godly man, that approached him and called him out on it. The prophet didn't just come to him and say, hey, great job, good numbers, great plunder. Let me make you a trophy so we can put it on your mantle at home and everybody can look at it. No, he said, listen, pay attention. I realize you have some momentum. I realize that you've had some success. But don't forget to seek God with all of your heart and with all of your soul. It's like, don't, don't just become a crowd I know people are going to start coming because, because you've had some success. Don't just, don't just become a crowd. Seek God with everything that you've got. Make it a priority. You've got to grow. He said, they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord, the God, their ancestors, with all their heart and soul. All who would not seek the Lord, the God of Israel, were put to death, whether small or great, man or woman, 
they took an oath to the Lord with loud acclamation, with shouting and with trumpets and with horns. All Judah rejoiced about the oath because they had sworn it wholeheartedly. They sought God eagerly, and he was found by them. And this is important, and I'm going to move on. But it says, so the Lord gave them rest on every side. It is going to be tempting in our life to search for rest and comfort in many different areas and many different ways. But where you truly receive rest, where you truly become replenished, is in God's Word and within the relationship with Him. Are y'all with me this morning? You see, it would be really easy for us to just continue to, to be a crowd, to continue to just grow the numbers in this building. Yeah, we've got enough life groups. Yeah, we've got enough people. But that's not what God's calling us to do. There's a couple of things I, I want you to get, and then I'll wrap it up for the day. I want to give you I want to give you a few reasons of why I feel it's so important that you become members. You have to remember, though, a covenant is entered into between two or more people. Typically, in the East, it was a way of establishing a relationship outside of the family. But we have a connect class, and... Many of you haven't, have attended that, and some of you have not. And, and I know we have people, too, that, that you work and your schedule doesn't allow you to make all of them. And that's okay. I've had several people approach me about that um, from today's message. But the reason for that Connect class is for you to understand who we are as a church, to understand our core values, and then to make a decision whether or not this is going to be your home for your family. And then for a long time, we, we had a membership covenant, but it was, just, it was just a piece of paper that you decided, and it was just letting us know that you were going to be a member here. And I just felt some conviction around that a couple of years ago. And we made a place where I can sign that with you because a covenant is entered into between more than one person. But if this is your home, if this is the place that you call home, then I'm going to challenge you to take it the next step is to step it up and become a member here. And then when you make that decision, I'm going to sign that covenant with you. And then we become in a covenant with one another. And then you're going to get that covenant back. And with that, you're going to get a letter from my wife and I. It's going to have my personal cell phone number on it. It's going to have my personal email address on it. And it's a way I feel it's important that you have access to your pastor. Now, I'm going to just go ahead and tell you, and I haven't done a good job of this, Monday is my Sabbath. Monday is my day off. If it's an emergency, still reach out to me. But if you just call to chat on Monday, I'm probably not going to call you back until Tuesday. But I am going to call you back. And you need access to your pastor. Listen, we believe strongly that if we're going to be able to grow if we're going to end up being the Arkansas River in Arkansas and not the Arkansas River in Colorado, we're going to have to come together as the body of Christ and grow together. Amen? But I want to give you four reasons, and then I'm going to get you out of here. The first one is a biblical reason. 
Christ is committed to the church. He's committed to the church. We see in Ephesians 5.25 that Christ loved the church and he gave his life for it. There's your biblical reason. You want a cultural reason? It's an antidote to our society. We live in an age where very few people want to be committed to anything. They don't want to be committed to marriage. They don't want to be committed to a job. They don't want to be committed to anything. It's because as soon as I'm not happy, as soon as they don't make me happy, I'm going to go find some place that makes me happy. And what has happened is this has bled over into the church culture, and it's, and it's created a culture of church shoppers and church hoppers. And what I'm going to challenge you to do is not just be an attendee. I want to challenge you to get connected, get committed, and to grow. Let me give you a personal reason or a practical reason. It, it defines who can be counted on. When COVID happened and we had to close this room for a little bit, we never closed the church. In fact, we were doing more ministry out the side of this church and feeding more people when this room was closed than we were before. So the church never closed. We just didn't come in this room and meet for a little season. But what we found was is when you guys scattered, it was very hard to find you because I want to be able to check on our family. I want to know. But if, if you're not committed, if you're not connected to a life group, I mean, are you able to step up here on a Sunday and see if there's one person that's not here, that's normally here? I mean, it's hard, isn't it? But if you're connected to a life group and something happens, your life group's going to notice. And then your life group's going to let us know. If you're connected to a serve team and you're serving, maybe you're, maybe you're greeting at the door. And you serve once, twice, three times a month, whatever it is, and then you, you don't show up. Somebody's going to check on you. We want to know if something happens. I, there was a family that's home burnt to the ground this week. And I'm it was one of the worst house fires that I have seen. And I went over to check on the family, and I was talking to them. And it, it really it broke my heart because they didn't have anybody. They didn't really have, I could make one phone call and have a hundred people at my house like that. If you're connected to a life group, you know that. I, 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 the Stales aren't in here, I don't think. They were here last service, I guess. The Stales' house caught on fire. Their life group beat the fire department to their house. It's been a few years ago. I showed up and the yard's full of people. It was their life group. And the fire was about out. Cleaning their house, taking care of the kids, making sure food. I mean, it's just, man, that's the church. The church isn't just coming in here and getting your fix of Jesus on Sunday for 35 minutes and going home. The church is committed and it's growing. And then the last reason is it produces spiritual growth in you. You know, when you become a member of this church, you're saying that you're going to protect the unity of this church. You're going to fight for the unity of this church. It says that you'll share the responsibility of this church. It says that you'll serve the ministry of this church. And it says you'll support the testimony of this church. And if you don't agree in any areas of this, then you need to find a church that you do. 
there may be some things that, that are con- you have conviction around. And that's okay. But my challenge to you is that we go beyond just coming to church on Sunday. Next weekend, you're going to get to hear from my pastor, Pastor Rick. And I wish he could be here in person, but there's no way for him to speak to 18 campuses in person at the same time. So we're going to record him. We, we don't show a lot of videos here. I think we've only showed a few and, you know, when I, since I've been here. But, but I want you to hear this. And you're not going to get it unless you come and sit down and hear this. But you're going to hear the heart of my pastor and why we started, why he started New Life Church and why we became a part of New Life Church. You're going to hear the history as we get ready to go into the vision series that God's calling us to. But I'm going to ask you really quick if you would bow your heads. Thank you for joining us today. If you made a decision for Christ or could use prayer for any area of your life, please let us know. All you have to do is text Greenbrier to 88000 and click on Connect Card. Be sure to join us next week 